It would confirm that your uh, health markers are moving in the same direction as your physical, um, call it mile time, you know, physical accomplishments uh, are moving. So that way you know that you're not sacrificing one for the sake of the other. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. And I'm Nick Reyes. And you're listening to The Sweat Daily Podcast. All right, how are you guys feeling today? Sore. Yeah. <laughs> well, good news is we are talking about recovery from working out. Um, we'll get into a little bit of soreness, and uh, um, we got a lot to cover today, so we'll try to be a little bit efficient with it. We're going to talk about recovery from working out and what all that entails. Kind of when you hear recovery, um, you kind of think of a few things, and we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. We're going to talk about how you can be proactive in your recovery versus just being reactive, and then also a few methods that uh, that we found success um, personally in order to track recovery. So, uh, um, and also to join you, I'm feeling pretty sore as well. So we're all <laughs> in the same boat. So um, let's jump right into it. Let's let's talk about what recovery entails. And, and I know that, um, you know, Nick and T, you guys were talking about how, um, you know, the, what you would consider the most important thing is. So I want you guys to start off with the most important thing. Yeah, I'll kind of go over the pillars and then I'll let Nick kind of dive into a little bit more in depth. So uh, we kind of broke this down into sleep, nutrition, mobility, and mental health as far as like the pillars of, of recovery. And I think we could all probably agree sleep and nutrition make up the brunt of it. Yeah, I think it's they're probably under uh, underemphasized, right? Like social media will sell you a Theragun in a heartbeat, but there's not a ton of like information trying to sell you on better sleep habits. And everyone talks about nu- nutrition, but it isn't really like the sexy thing to do is to like eat a perfectly well balanced plate, making sure you are getting real foods, not. S- relying on supplements for your recovery, right? So I feel like a lot of our recovery can maybe be misaligned because of clever marketing tactics from people trying to sell us something. Sorry guys, I'm not trying to go on a, on a, on a rant or on a tangent here, yeah, but that's just something that, right I, that just came to my brain is like, those are all the ads that I see in my Facebook feed because they're targeting the fact that I work out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah like uh, to your point, like on social media, you see all these people doing these crazy workouts and eating donuts. And in reality, they're eating, you know, you know, rice and chicken and they're sleeping eight to nine hours a night. And that's why they're so high level. Right, right. You know? Well, and it's the, um, I, I go back to like the Theraguns and, you know, there's a million other brands. That's just the one that comes to my brain, yeah, right? I so I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to single them out. Yeah, but um, it's like, you know, are you sore? Do this. Right, like here, buy this thing for a few hundred dollars and you won't be sore anymore. And that's actually probably a good segue for us to talk about soreness and, and how that relates to recovery. But I guess before we go down that path, the, 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 the Theragun thing is, to TJ's point, sleep and nutrition, if you're not nailing that, nothing, none of the other stuff really is going to help you, right? Yeah. Um, if you're not sleeping your eight hours a night, seven to eight, if you're not eating well-balanced meals, um, getting your macronutrients from real food, the Theragun is not going to make you be, you know, Jesus in the gym. <laughs> yeah, you're essentially <laughs> slapping duct tape on a bullet hole. So right, that, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a, a, great a, it's a Band-Aid. It's, it's literally just making you feel good at, and in that moment. <laughs> duct yeah. tape on a bullet hole. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, so, yeah, can we, can we talk a little uh, soreness and how that relates? I'm, we all, you know, love to work out. We know that when we do work out, 
we tear muscles and something that comes along with that is just some residual swelling and that's where that soreness comes from that delayed onset muscle soreness is that a bad thing i don't think being sore is bad by any means um it's the how sore are you and do you allow it like how what, what does that do to your ability to come into the gym the next day to train the next day what are you training the next day are you taking days off whenever you just did a very high volume leg day you probably need to rest your legs a day or so and maybe do some focus on upper body but that doesn't that doesn't mean that you couldn't do some monostructural work some long bike rides something like that um, at, at easy paces. So changing the vo- understanding volume and intensity waves when it comes to soreness in the body is super, super important. Right. Because because on the flip side of that coin is that you cannot be sore at all and be like, oh, well, you know what? I wasn't sore from yesterday's leg workout. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do something that has legs in it again or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, I think too many people use soreness as an indicator if they actually got a good workout. Right. It's not always the, the Right, case, right. That's not always the, the case um, in needing to do that. I almost said the same point to you where it's like a, a lot of times people, if they do, you know, a hard leg wa- workout or, or upper body workout where they're like, well, I'm not sore. It's like, man, did I even do something yesterday? And that's not necessarily always the case. Well, well, and, and, the, and some of that comes back to DOMS, right? We have that delayed onset mm-hmm. soreness. So like... Yeah, you might feel great the next day, and you're like, oh, I should go in there and kill it again on, on another workout, and then it hits, then it all mm-hmm. hits at once. So. Well, and I think it's one of those, um, uh, you, you'll hear a lot of individuals, a lot of people maybe say, like, well, I'm going to change up my program because I'm not sore anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. sore on this, right? Right. You get sore from new adaptations. You don't necessarily get sore from volume or intensity or how much work you put into something. That can be the case. But it's not always the case. So if you do a workout if, and, and you don't walk away limping or you're not, you know, struggling to uh, uh, sit down on the toilet the next day, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that your programming was wrong or what you did was wrong by any stretch of the imagination. I would love if we could dispel that notion as a, uh, as, as a community just out of the gate, right? right. Um, and like I said, the inverse of that as well. Yeah, right? that, yeah. Well, I want to table the soreness for a second because I think we'll get back to it when we talk about proactive versus reactive um, recovery. But I just wanted to hit on, you know, a couple things that basically the other two pillars that we we uh, we discussed um, in, in what does recovery entail, that being mobility and mental health. And, and Nick, you kind of brought up a good point. You know, uh, there's tons of different ways that you can do that, um, whether that be, you know, just, you know, doing something at home, um, yoga, massage. Ramwad. There's a bunch of different ways that you can actually get this extra mobility and also have mental health components um, involved in that. So, um, you know, I, I kind of just rambled on a little bit, but no, is there anything good. else that you guys wanted to, to add to those two topics of mobility no, and I mental mean, health? I, I think the out of all of those or out of those two listed, I, you know, I think mobility is the one that um, most people know they should be doing but don't want to actually take the time to do. Mm-hmm. And then I it's think not men- sexy, right? it's not, it's not. No one posts their, um, you know, their pigeon stretch on Instagram. You know, they post their lifts and their calories burned in their from their Apple watch and all these other things. Right. Um, the, the mental health one here though, is the one in my opinion, that is probably the most um, underappreciated, overlooked, whatever you want to whenever you want to call it. 
and it's probably one of the most important ones, right? Like, um, and I'm not like a super Zen guy, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But, but you um, do experience training fatigue. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And, and so just being in a good mental state, whatever meditation means to you, um, being able to lower your heart rate purposefully at least once a day, I think is incredibly important. Yeah, to, to, to his point, and, and right now it's, it's winter time, so it's a little bit different, but one of the best things that I ever did was added a recovery walk to my training, and during, um, when, you, when there was sunlight, and it was, you know, try to get as much sunlight on my skin and go on a long walk, you know, that vitamin D and a lot of that stuff, not only, you know, help me recover better, but from a mental standpoint, just put you in a better mood, and obviously there's a lot of studies for, from what the sun can do for you as well, far as your... And all that also probably helped whenever you put your head on the pillow at night with yep. being in a good mental place to go back to sleep, yeah. which is that big 80% chunk, which then actually helps the body recover the way that it's supposed to. Right. Yeah. Now, I was going to bring it right back to that, you know, <laughs> that all those, you know, the, it's almost like a subset, you know, the, the mobility, mental health, and you can probably add a bunch of other smaller pillars into that, that really um, help prop up the two big ones of sleep and nutrition. Cause if you're in a good place, um, and actually nutri nutrition might even prop up that sleep one a little bit too, depending right. on who you talk oh, to. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so let's get into, um, how you can be proactive and reactive. And, and I kind of want to tie in, um, you know, how we started the, the podcast here talking about how sore we are, um, into a way that you can be proactive, but I'll, I'll kind of, basically tell you how, how we came about this theory of being proactive versus reactive. Um, you know, here at Kansas Athletic Club, I'll shout out Kellen because she was the one that made me think of this. Um, she's super proactive in coming in early before class every day and not super early, you know, 10, 15 minutes, sometimes more just depending on her work schedule and then staying later and working on consistent things. Um, you know, I, th I know she's dealt with injuries in the past and it's it's been a little bit of time, but she's very consistent and very almost religious with working on extra mobility every single day to help recover. So she's able to come and I, I, we can probably check the metrics, but she's here five days a week for like, like seven years in a right. row now. Yeah. Um, right. and, and just crazy consistent. And I think that's part of the reason is because she is very proactive versus being reactive, which would, in your guys' opinion, look like what? Yeah, so I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? Like if you were to draw a picture of that, it's knowing that today we are going to squat and um, you know what, I was on an airplane yesterday. I know people aren't traveling. I'm just giving this as an example. Mm -hmm. um, I was on an airplane yesterday and for four hours sitting, I probably need to get in there 15 minutes early and make sure I do some additional hip, um, hip work to warm up. And then whenever I'm done, hey, you know what, like, Again, because of where I, what I've been doing this week, maybe I'm going to be sitting in a car tomorrow, whatever. Let me make sure I go through a, a, a good, proper cool down and not just run out of the gym, grab your keys and then go home and sit down to the, you the know, at the dinner table. Right. Right. That's that's the story that I would that's the image that I picture in my brain. Right. Well, and, and there's so much to learn for someone like Kellen. Right. You know, she's been doing this a long time kind of like the the NFL veterans like if you're a, a rookie you want to learn from these people so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna steal their proactive approach because of their longevity so no different when you get in here and you see some of these members that have been here for so long and, and what's their approach how do they approach everything are they just jumping in their car and leaving no they're, they have these you know set things that they do that's allowed them to create that longevity and overcome injury and do all that stuff. So, well, yeah, when we, I think this is the last podcast we talked about last episode, we talked about consistency 
over time is what leads to life-changing results. And you can't be consistent over time unless you are recovered uh, appropriately for training sessions. And you won't be recovered for training sessions unless you take a proactive approach. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and I love what you said too, like the, the consistency, um, you know, basically talking about that, a good way to maintain consistency is have structure and have routines. And, and that, that example, you know, that I just mentioned earlier, she has a very structured routine where, you know, come in early, work on these three, you know, three or four things, take class and then work on two or three things afterward. And boom, it's, it's not a, a, you know, a complete life takeover where it's like, you know, now I have to go home and do two hours of this and then I have to do an Epsom salt bath and then I have to do this. And like, like yeah, if you're trying to be the, the fittest athlete in the world, maybe that is what you need. But if you're just trying to be a fit and healthy human, it doesn't need to be that intense. Yeah, so let's, let's just kind of paint the picture of what a reactive um, approach looks like here, right? So you go to your gym, you get in a quick workout, and rather than taking the time to uh, properly cool down, you rush out of the gym to your car where you jump on a work call on your way back to your home office where you then immediately immerse yourself into work and maybe even trying to eat while you work, okay? So you went from a high heart rate, uh, high um, physical stress environment directly into a high mental stress environment and stress is stress like period full stop stress is stress and it it affects your body pretty much the same whether it's physical stress and mental stress which is why the mental health part of recovery is so Mm -hmm. freaking important so to continue that story then you finish your work day your family comes home Maybe you sleep well, maybe you don't. I would doubt that you sleep perfectly, especially if you're not actually sitting there focused on a meal, you're trying to eat, you never let your heart rate calm down the way that it should, you never took a minute to de to de-stress your time, yeah, to decompress, to focus on that lowered, focused heart rate for an extended period of time. So the next day you wake up and you're sore. That reactive uh, approach would be like, now I need to go get that um, lacrosse ball and do some more ma- manual manipulation because, and you know what, I'm just not going to go to the gym today because I'm so sore. So now you have fell into a reactive state. You can't, that it's going to be hard to, 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 to bounce back from. You're going to have to switch gears into proactive to get out of that cycle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, that's a perfect way to transition to now what we were talking about when we first hopped on being sore. So a way that we can be proactive versus reactive. It's okay to be sore. Just because you're sore doesn't mean you're reactively uh, recovering. Um, basically, what it means for us today is, yes, we had a high-intensity day yesterday, uh, maybe the last three days, but now we are going to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves today. One, nutrition. Two, sleep. Obviously, those are the two big things. But today, instead of just sitting around all day um, and just blabbing on a podcast, uh, once we get done here, <laughs> we are going to, you know, move around a little bit, um, maybe break a sweat, sweat daily, um, but also work on some mobility. Maybe maybe we don't need to work on mobility today. Maybe we need to focus on that mental health component. Maybe we're going to do some meditation, some mindfulness, uh, right. but being proactive, knowing that if we didn't do that today, we might turn into that reactive tomorrow or exactly. next yeah. week or just next keep month. keep stacking and you keep feeling bad and just... And right. the next thing you know, you're not going to the gym. Yeah. And then you don't have the consistency. Right. 
With mental health awareness on the rise and the start of the new year, it has become more clear that self-care is incredibly important to keep our mind, bodies, and souls taken care of. If you haven't heard his name before, Terry Solis, owner of Tri Health and Massage, has dedicated his life to that goal. His passion is balanced through massage therapy, and it shows in his work. Whether your body is fired up from hitting it hard at the gym or your mind is exhausted from the stresses of work, his massage table is a great place to let go. Services range from 30-minute to 60-minute to 90-minute massages. Modalities include soft tissue, cupping, and K-tape, depending on your needs. Book now by calling 913-742-1490 or go to www.tryhealthandmassage.com. New clients that mention the Sweat Daily Podcast when scheduling get $10 off their first visit. That's $10 right back in your pocket. Book now at Try Health and Massage and find balance in your life. Let's let's uh, let's kind of finish up here by talking about methods to track recovery. And there's you know this can be probably debated you know and probably be a full <laughs> episode on its own. But um, you know I just I, when I when we were you know kind of working this episode up, I, I thought of three things. Um, and we can kind of talk about those three things. The first one is is literally basically what I think most of you probably pictured in your head when we start talking about recovery is self-reporting and just how you feel. Just kind of scanning your body. Yeah, you wake up every morning, and I'll, I'll use the same my personal example. I woke up this morning after doing a bunch of squats yesterday, and I felt like I had chicken legs because they were just super <laughs> sore. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's it's there's nothing scientific about that. It's just how you feel, and a lot of different things go into that. But we won't dive too deep there. The second one is, um, is, is kind of along those same lines, but it's journaling. So it's writing it down. Often your brain uh, can, can you know, have a different perception. You know, three days from now, I'm going to forget what my legs felt like today. But if I write it down in a book and say, man, I felt like poo, <laughs> like, right. like this is not good, or I was one out of 10 feeling yeah. today, um, you know, I have a good um, record of that. And it's super simple. You just wake up and write down one. You can even do sleep journaling as well. But Go ahead, T. Well, I just want to jump in on that journaling before we get to the next one. If, if, if you're journaling and, and you're doing things to try to combat some of that soreness and, and you start to see that you know, what you are doing is paying dividends, well, that's going to go back to having that structure and routine because now you've understand you've understood that there is things that you can do that for you personally that will allow you to, to recover better. And so I think it's really important when you journal to make those notes because you will forget your soreness. But you can also, uh, it helps you remember that what you did helped. Yeah, absolutely. That's a That's a... Great, great point. And then the last thing would be uh, fitness trackers. Mm-hmm. There's, mil- well, not millions, but there's a ton of different. Billions. Yeah, there's billions. <laughs> Why not have billions when you can have millions? Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope we don't get sued But anyway, we, uh, uh, yeah, there's a ton of different f- fitness trackers. I have personal experience with Whoop. There's, uh, you know, Fitbits out there, Apple Watches. Um, and that just gives you, um, although some are more accurate than others, and there's debate out there how accurate any of them are, it just gives you a physical number and, and gives you an idea of, of where you're at um, on a daily basis. Regardless of how accurate it is, at least gives you some guidelines. It gives you some guidelines. And, and um, you know, so what, what are you guys' thoughts on, um, you know, personally, how do you guys like to track your recovery? Yeah, I would actually add one more to that, and that would be uh, progress, mm, right? Yeah. So if you, if you have solid goals... With re- and your goals are well-rounded, then you should be making progress towards those goals. And if you're not, I think we have the tendency to probably immediately blame the training program rather than look in the mirror and go, no, you eat like 
like crap yeah. and you don't focus on a, a solid bedtime routine. It, so it, guys, it may not always be what you're doing in the gym. In fact, I would be willing to bet more often than not, especially if you have a coach, it's what you're doing outside of the gym. I know that's really hard to hear, but that's the honest to God truth. You need to hear it. <laughs> so, right. so that would be the one that I would add to it. Um, sleep trackers and uh, other wearables I think are great because they help verify what we think. And like you guys said, it gives a good baseline, right? So even if the sleep tracker is only 85% correct, well, it's still always 85% correct for you. So if it tells you five hours, don't you think we should be trying to improve it? And if it tells you seven, we yep. can try to improve it still, right? Like, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Even it doesn't even matter what fitness tracker you have, at least having that, that wearable or whatever you're using, at least you're, you're, you're thinking forward on what you're doing, as right. opposed to just it's being proactive. You're, right. Yeah, you're just you're you're allowing yourself to be proactive on that. At least you're thinking it, whether you're doing it well or not. Right. At least you're forward thinking. Yep. Right. And, and I think, um, gosh, it's like the, the biggest cop out answer, but a combination of all of them is like is probably the best because there's not going to be one wearable that is. Uh, and actually, the combination kind of probably falls under what Nick said with with progress. But if you're doing self report on a daily basis, how do I feel? Um, if you're journaling, um, you know, whether it's sleep journaling, um, recovery journaling, any of those things. And then you also have a fitness tracker and all three things, you, you know, you're using all of those together. You're probably going to see some progress too. Absolutely. And one thing that I wanted to add to Nick's point on progress is progress might not necessarily be, I cut down my mile time. I, uh, you know, I, I lifted heavier weight. I did this or that. It might be, you know what? Last year I was going to the gym two times a week. This year I went four times a week. Uh, you know, and, and like that's some some serious progress. You doubled the amount that you were going to the gym. That's yeah. huge. I was gonna say, or your progress is that you don't feel completely like a dumpster fire after <laughs> your leg day, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and and no, that's a great point. I probably should have expanded on well-rounded goals because I also think that everyone should have a health-based goal as well because it keeps everything in check. So you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your resting heart rate, whatever that might be. And all that would confirm for, really for anyone, I don't care if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 60s, it doesn't matter. It would confirm that your uh, health markers are moving in the same direction as your physical, um, call it mile time, you know, physical accomplishments uh, are moving. So that way you know that you're not sacrificing one for the sake of the other. And if you're not sacrificing one for the sake of the other, there's a good chance you're recovering well. And Boom. I, I think I said mic drop last time. I don't want to get too repetitive. But before we tie a bow up and put this, uh, put this podcast done down, uh, one thing I wanted to say, and I know it gets a little bit annoying, but we really appreciate all you guys listening out there. Just make sure that you like, rate, subscribe, whether you listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, comment with any things that you liked, anything you dislike, um, or if you just have any questions uh, or want to hear something on the podcast, um, we love to be interactive. Check us out. Uh, we're on Instagram. The Sweat Daily is the uh, is the tagline for that. Um, so yeah, uh, check us out. And we can't stress enough how much we appreciate you guys listening. And for the main wrap up, we got three things: recovery, make sure that you're sleeping, eating healthy, working on your mobility, taking care of your mental health, being proactive versus reactive. And then just find a way to track that works best for you.